Well, hey, good morning, afternoon, it could be evening, and somewhere it might be tomorrow, I don't know. Uh, but I'm excited for today. I have uh, someone that's just impacted my life greatly. Every time I'm around this guy, I, I always say every time I hear him speak, I just want to get saved again. I, I feel like I just get drawn near to the Lord once again, and it's like, anyways, it's going to be awesome, but let's not waste any time. Well, hey, friends, I have... Someone, like I said early, just a moment ago, that's impacted my life greatly. His name's Brad McClendon. And this really just kind of started out by, uh, a, I guess, a, a side comment or even a bunny trail that we had on our Sunday morning message on Father's Day, uh, which was funny. He didn't know that it, he didn't really remember that it was Father's Day until like the day before. <laughs> but uh, I think you guys are going to really be blessed by this just because there's something about revealing the heart of the Father in this hour, and I think it's important that we, one, come into our identity as sons and daughters, but also knowing who He is as Father. And so I just want to welcome on Brad McClendon. Awesome. There you go. So this kind of came about, you know, you made this comment, something the Lord was speaking to you when you realized it was Father's Day, about how... We have many teachers, but not a lot of fathers. Yeah. And then I came home and I was kind of just, you know, I went through my Facebook memories and I found this thing that I had written like 10 years ago about the Lord spoke to me. He said, the hardest thing about having a father in your life is learning how to become a son, learning how to become a daughter. Because, you know, you know, and like me and there's so many people that kind of grew up this way, unfortunately. They grew up without that influence of a father. And so like I remember, and that kind of carried on even as I became a believer where there was that longing to have a father type figure in my life. And so like, and then you were sharing, you know, that scripture that we have many teachers. We have many yeah. people that want to influence us, but we don't have many fathers. Mm -hmm. And I think... That is, I mean, more now than ever with everything that's going on, having that relationship and coming together is important mm -hmm. uh, for us to have. And so I, that kind of, I would think, would catch anyone who's watching up to speed of where, where, where we've been at in the conversation. Um, but it's, you know, it's important. And now when we say, you know, when we say fathers, it's, it's also implicated that there is a need for spiritual mothers as well. It's, it's, it's not a gender thing. It's a positional, it's a role in, in your life. It's when it comes back to it, it's relationship. And that's, and that's something I know, like having, you know, known you for the last couple of years has been important is just relationship, not for the sake of anything other than relationship. You know, yeah, the, I mean, the one of the main things, you know, we that we need today, and this is just one, I'm just touching on this one area. It's uh, it's actually being there for someone, and being there for someone is not calling them up, just calling them up, but actually physically being there, and uh, just like the Holy Spirit is with us, you know, the Holy Spirit is basically the one that adopted us you know, into back into the kingdom, grafted us back in through the cross. And uh, we, we've got a lot of voices that speak into our life, but not hands on. And uh, that's one of the things that captivated a lot of people when, when Jesus walked the earth. He wasn't just a voice, but he was someone that would actually go where you had the problem or be there or let's go and see him. Or it's like the centurion you know, coming to him and saying, you know, he's got a servant that's sick. Well, he, he wasn't expecting for him to go to his house. You know, he was expecting him to send his word and heal him because he, you know, he had the faith that he w did have the authority. And w that's great for people to have a voice, but it's a lot different for someone to actually take their time to drop everything to go to your house. Yeah. And, which caused the centurion to freak out. You know, he, he, he didn't know what to do. He, he, he was basically said, you know, I'm not, you're, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. The love that 
he felt for someone not to just have a voice in their life, but to be the voice in their life, to actually go to his, his house and be hands-on, just totally blew his mind. And uh, we're, that's kind of extinct, an extinct species today. It's endangered. Uh, there's a lot of things that we like to share with each other, but we're far off. Even yeah. though that works, even though even social media, you know, even what we're doing right now, it helps. But we, there's a time where God is going to bring us back together physically. You know, and you've heard me so many times, you know, say it's time to find your tribe. And that's, and what I mean by that, and this sounds, you know, pretty extreme, but it's time to physically find your tribe. Yeah. You know, not just, uh, not just listen to them on, uh, on the website or listen to them through uh, a text or whatever it may be, even though that's fine. Uh, I think it's really literally time for us to get together and physically leave our place and actually be with each other, which would actually probably declare a huge message, you know, to this world of really what love is. Yeah. I think it would also, I mean, literally leaving the place, there's something about leaving whatever behind you, whatever it might be. And I, I could actually see how that, I could see people getting like set free of anxiety, fear, oppression, all the things that tend to bind us up that actually keep us from doing those sort of things. Yeah, there's, a, there's an energy that's different. There's a power that's different when you're physically together. Uh, you know, you look at the angels on, on the, the two cherubim on the, the Ark of the Covenant. They were together physically for him to manifest. Yeah. Now, well, I mean, there's, 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 there's a synergy that comes. Right. Because it's, it's kind of, you can look at it, you know, I always, you know, you've heard enough of my obscure analogies, but it's like, it's like a barbecue. If you have the briquettes out separately, you're not going to have a hot of that heat that you want to get that to get what you're trying to accomplish. But if you bring them all together, it burns hotter. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so that creates this this impact as well in the city, in the region, wherever it is you're at. And there's just there's a there's such a need for it. I mean, like when you share stories about like you and Bob and how like personal you and Bob were. Yeah. Like and it's just there's it creates a hunger it creates a desire to go where in my life can i begin creating that type of relationship that type of commu that type of uh level of communication where it's just like because i remember like one of my first spiritual fathers like every every sunday after church we were at like there was no di no like you know we're going to go take our Sunday naps and then maybe we'll hang out. But it was like, no, you come here and rest. Yeah. You know, and we would, you know, watch a movie in the afternoon or, and it would, Sundays would turn into a 15 hour day, sure. but you were with family. Yeah. You know, and there's just something like about like, you know, and I, and I reference, you know, the stories with you and Bob, you know, and some may have no clue who Bob is or those stories, but it's having somebody that you can go to, like you were saying, like in the mess. Yeah, I, I mean, you, it's funny you mentioned that because as soon as when you mentioned Bob, that uh, actually a Bob story came up in my brain uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, there there was a time where I was I was leading a pretty good sized church, you know, pastoring a pretty good sized church, and and I got uh, I was depressed. Um, I wasn't doing well. There was a lot of attacks that were coming upon me, you know, and, you know, as a leader, which it shouldn't be, we get very close and we kind of carry it ourselves and not tell anybody, you know, what's going on. But, uh, I don't do that too much. I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, but I'm still hard headed when it comes to carrying my own stuff, you know? Uh, and of course that's another story. <laughs> that's a different, that's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I started getting depressed and I said, Lord, please help me, you know, and uh, and I was begging the Lord, you know, basically to help me and uh, crying out to the Lord. 
And the first thought, now think about this, I, I thought about Bob. And when I thought about Bob, I, I thought, well, I've, got to, I've just got to go see Bob. If I can just go see Bob, I'll be okay. Yeah. And uh, I got in my car. Now, you got to understand, I didn't realize when I called upon the Lord, I actually saw Bob in my brain. Uh, mm-hmm. I had the thought of Bob, and then the picture of Bob came in my brain. And so I wasn't putting it all together because I was basically insane with depression. And uh, so I get in my car, and I made myself drive to his, you know, his house. I could do that because we were you know, we were good friends. And uh, but the, as I was going there, I didn't realize that my mind was on Bob, hmm. which was on the Lord. Right. And so as my mind was starting to look forward to seeing Bob. By the time I opened up the door, the depression was gone. Wow! Now, you, you, there's a lot of a lot of things in that, but when I walked in, uh, he looked at me with his big smile. He had the biggest smile. He didn't open up his mouth. He just, you know, like that. And uh, when he smiled at me, he said, "It left you, didn't it?" And and I said, "Yes, it left me." You know, the only thing that I was thinking about was getting here so that maybe you could just pray with me or whatever. He said, I don't have to pray. And I said, well, what is this? He said, you're with the Lord. And when he said that, that blew my mind, that that expanded my mind about fathers. It wasn't about, it wasn't, I'm not calling Bob the Lord, but he is a Lord that was in my life, you know, he was a father that was in my life. It was literally, Bob to me was like the father in heaven manifest himself on the earth in a man suit. Yeah. And so when my, as I was going to see my father, everything that was in me that was attacking my life was lifted because I was thinking about my father and that atmosphere that we carry together when I'm with him came and rose up into my life and broke the depression. Yeah. You know, that, that right there is, I mean, if you want deliverance, if you find your father, if you find your mother, the one that you're supposed to be with, the one that you know that loves you, uh, just being with them uh, destroys the demonic activity that gets on your life. And uh, it's huge. I mean, I don't know about you, but Jesus doesn't have to say anything for things to lift off my life. If his presence is near me, yeah. you know, everything's lifted. But that, that father, which is Jesus, that is in our life, it, that is supposed to manifest physically in our life as well. And so when that begins to happen, that power that you've had with the father in your closet or in your secret place, and it manifested physically, you will constantly have that when you're around that person, which is I, powerful. I I think there's like, and I and I know this isn't necessarily the subject matter uh, or the intent, but it, it's like there's a need for the revelation of Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. and it's uh, and I know you. Also not a part of this, but you know, I know you're touching upon that in in the in the book where you know it's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the book you're working on, and it's us understanding that like God is raising us up to be lords in the earth, kings in the earth, so that you know one first things things just like this where it's you know having that presence in somebody's life. I, I remember one of the uh, years ago when I used to work for a Christian radio station we had the uh, chaplain come in from the local police department and he goes, one of the great, he goes, one of the greatest things you can do sometimes is he goes, I don't always have the words to explain it or, or to say in a tragic situation. He goes, but the ministry of presence, people just knowing that you're there for them, he goes, can, can help nearly every situation I've been a part of. And it's that, I mean, it's knowing that you could have somebody you can go to, you can go and talk to somebody and it's all, it's, you know, there seems to be like, 
I know for like most people, I think there's a fear of stepping into that kind of relationship mm. with, yeah. with having somebody like that in your life. Like, and I mean, I've had that, you know, I understand it. Well, the enemy's always going to burn you first before the real. Yeah. He'll always do that. He'll, he'll burn you with the revel. He'll burn you with revelation. He'll burn you with relationship. He'll burn you in all the things that God is about to bring in your life so that you won't be able to trust, which trust opens up the heart. And, uh, but the thing about it is that it's going to be on us. We'll have to, even though there'll be a father or that person that loves you comes into your life. It's going to actually manifest all those fears so that we can get free. And so that we can open up that door and receive the blessings of the Lord that he has for us in our lives that are physically here on the earth, even through that one person. Yeah. I can tell you, uh, I can be a testimony of some of the things that I've received, not, not from the knowledge of what Bob had told me, but from him just being with me. Yeah. That, there's a big difference. Uh, you know, even I don't know about you, but there, uh, you know, I've been in this for a long time, but uh, I've watched more or less the, it, the informational age taking over instead of the person age. You know, there, there's this thing of where we're waiting on a word to come and when the person is actually standing there. And if the, we recognize that if the person's there, there's freedom. Yeah. You know, wherever the Lord is, there's freedom. In other words, he doesn't have to say anything or have to have knowledge that comes out of his mouth. If we recognize the Lord's there, there is freedom. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and there's times where I've been in meetings, you know, even in conferences where the presence of God is so strong. Now I'm not talking about what we would think of some euphoric feeling. I mean, when I say presence, that means he is literally in the room. Okay. Yeah. So when he's literally in the room, the first thing we do as ministers is that we try to kick into some kind of words of knowledge or some type of information that needs to be given in order for there to be a response or an action. That, and, and I hate to say that, but that's a little sad. Mm -hmm. It's a little sad because we think that because he's in the room, we've got to give knowledge. But he's in the room so that he can, that the presence, his literal presence can bring the healing. And yeah. so a lot of people have been, how could I say, trained to wait for some type of information to come so that they can get healed or so that they could get restored while that presence is there. But wouldn't it be awesome if we got back to recognizing that if our father's in the room, that means we're get we're going to get healed. Yeah. You know, now I'm not, I'm not, you know, cutting off, you know, somebody giving words of knowledge. But I think it's gotten so extreme that we've missed really uh, what the whole message is about. Let's get back to Jesus, our Father. Yeah. Well, I think we see it in Jeremiah, and then it gets brought up in Hebrews. And if I've learned anything in 18 years of walking with the Lord, when you see nearly the exact same verbiage repeated on both sides of the cross, you probably should pay attention. Totally. And in that, Jeremiah is saying, like, there's going to come a day where the old covenant is going to be obsolete and that there's going to be a new covenant. And no longer will someone go, know the Lord, because I will know them and I will be their God and they will be my people and I'll write my statutes on their heart. And it's talking about, like, that personal relationship of when you have access to the Father and we still kind of have this old kind of, like, early Catholic era of like, we have a middleman all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, it's the, it's the avenue that like, no, that person's just that, like, hopefully it's just there to point you back to where you can go. Sure. You know, yeah, we don't have a job. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it reminded me Sunday. And I was talking a little bit about this with Steven, uh, the other day where like when I came home Sunday, like, thinking about like what you were saying and, th and you know, I was reminded when the Israelites came out of uh, Egypt and they had an opportunity for God to lead them and they freaked out and they right. instantly made a golden calf. And it's like, 
what are the areas like in like this is how I processed it. Where are the golden calves in my life that I've looked to the golden calf instead of the father? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And it made like, you know, it made me go, all right, what are those areas that I, you know, that I've leaned into this? I've looked for that, that kind of temporary thing for eternal fit for an eternal situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, and it's, there's such an invitation. I think there's such an opportunity to come before the father and he's, he's longing for it, but we also, and this is something that I'm in a season of learning, you know, and having like you in my life and is having that in front of me, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like, you know, it's, you've had, you know, cause I've had being a young, you know, of a younger generation and I've had the moments where people have, you know, were, I've, you know, was in different circles and stuff and p- literally had someone, I've known the guy for a week, week and a half, walks up, lays his hand on me and says, I'm now your apostle. Right. What? <laughs> like, what is that? And, you know, but versus having somebody that's like, well, if you want to, you can follow me. Yeah. You know, like Elijah and Elisha. Yeah. And half the time, Elijah was like, no, stop following me. Yeah. <laughs> like. You can stay here. <laughs> like, will you stay? Uh, no, I want you to stay here. <laughs> like, stop going where I go. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, it's we sometimes I think we forget as part of being a son or a daughter is there has to be a con- like there has to be this constant pursuit of going towards the Lord going towards uh that's one thing I've learned over the years is you know is if I want a relationship I have to pursue it that's it I I can't just sit back and go well why why won't this person have relationship with me you know, or why are why aren't they calling or yeah. yeah there's all types of excuses or, you know, even, even, you know, at, you know, they're mad at me. Well, yeah. call, call them. <laughs> so I've learned, <laughs> you know, because the enemy will try to creep in and create things that aren't real. They're not real. To yeah. create division. Because exactly. if he can divide, if he can divide the relationship, it can't flourish and it can't have fruit. Yeah. And, and so it's, there's this whole thing about like, People being willing, because that's, you know, I learned this early on that, you know, a lot of times people are afraid to get into messes with people. They're afraid of that muddy mess getting on them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, like I've seen you and the situation and knowing some of the situations you've been involved in, of you going, so? Yeah. Like, it's, and so it's. I mean, what would you say to a generation or to a, an era of people? What I don't want to say generation because then older people feel left out because like having a father in your life doesn't necessarily mean someone older than you. No, I mean, I can tell you the, the way I found, uh, I can't say I found him, but I, I have to use that language. But um, I started asking uh, my dad in heaven, uh, to tell me who he was, show me who he was, and uh, as a father, yeah, and I, I started being able to see him as my father, and so I, my language even changed. Uh, I stopped being religious uh, in the way that I would even come to him. My whole demeanor started changing. I could, I just walk in and I'd say, "Hey, how you doing, Papa?" You know, and but but you know, eight months before. I was sitting to getting on my knees and going, thou father, you know, and I, I went from that stage to, Hey, how are you doing today? You know, because I, I started realizing he, I had the revelation that he really did care for me like a real father. And so when I, when that happened, uh, when I got that revelation, what God does is that he will send himself in a man suit. Yeah. But you have to catch the spirit of that father that is within that person. And that's what happened with me. Uh, 
I began to get the revelation of the Father. And, and one day, you know, through someone hearing the Lord and saying that Bob needed to meet me, uh, I found myself in a cabin and walking out of my door and Bob walking out of his door. And there that, well, as soon as he opens his mouth, he, he looks at me and says, I've been waiting on you. Well, when he said, I've been waiting on you, I felt the same spirit, that same relationship that I had with my papa with him. And I knew instantly, oh my gosh, this is, this is my father. And I didn't tell him that. I didn't ask him to be my father. I didn't do all of any of that stuff. I just knew that God was going to stick us together. And that man, now I don't know if, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know Bob, but that man's got a lot, had a lot on his plate right then. Uh, he was doing a lot of ministry. There was a lot of pull on him right then. And uh, that man sat down for three hours and talked with me about my whole life, wow. told me everything, uh, the visitations I had been through with Jesus. And then he told me my future, which is still, it's still going with me today. Even the things he said that first day is still happening today, literally right now. And so wow. when I heard that voice, uh, I knew that he was going to be my papa. And so uh, after that, he looked at me, you know, after, you know, being with me for, for about three hours, uh, he just said, come see me sometime. Now, that one, he didn't, it wasn't like follow me like a direct thing, but I heard the Lord. Yeah. In other words, this is your door and he's opened it. Now you either step in or not. Right. You know, and I had those same feelings as your generation. I had the same feelings. I'd been burned you know, by a bunch of other false fathers, you know, you know, all of that stuff that come in my life. But there was a love that came out of him that made all of that just push away. And I just thought, what do you got to lose? Yeah. You know, and I didn't know who he was, you know, guys, I really didn't. I didn't know that he was, you know, a, a great prophet that everybody says he was. And, and I just thought he was, there was this man that knew me and knew the Lord. And I just wanted to be with him. I didn't you guys wanna, were from the same state. Yeah. We're from <laughs> the same state. So, uh, you know, we're both a bunch of, you know, country idiots and, and it worked out. <laughs> but uh, there's just, I mean, there is, I think it's just, I mean, I see like, you know, a lot of times with, like uh, my, I say my generation, but I, I see it popular more now than ever where it's like, it's me and, it's me and Abba. It's me and, and they're referring back to their heavenly father. And, but they're, the door, they're closing that door to having that, that, that experience of someone in front of them. Yeah, you're not you're not getting the fullness of God. Yeah, you're you're leaving him out because he's the body of Christ. God literally is the body of Christ in heaven. Yeah. When you go to look at him, you're going to freak out. It's going to be trillions of people who make up his body, and so of course the enemy's going to get us so spiritual this way and not spiritual this way. Yeah, you know we would much much rather be vertical because I can trust this. But I definitely don't want to go through the pain of the physical. But that's part of the cross. Yeah. You know, walking with someone in love is part of our cross. It's part of our carrying our cross. And so there's there's really no order in our life if we don't get it this way on the earth. We love it vertical, but we don't want to be a, get it horizontal. But if you can push that fear away and think about it, why have I been hit? Been hit in the area horizontally in the relationship. There must be some type of secret power, you know, of God that lies within that. And man, when you start thinking of that, the, the lights will go on. Yeah. Because what happens is that which is in heaven gets to stay on the earth. Yeah. No, it, it, somebody, somebody commented something I think that's very interesting. They said, Referring to spiritual mothers and fathers, how can we ever learn without transparency? And I've always seen it as the way that you relate vertically 
well, actually, the way that you re relate horizontally with people will ultimately reflect the same way you're, you're interacting here. If you're oh. so concerned hiding stuff out in front of you, that you're going to be just like Adam and Eve trying to hide, hide from the Lord here, sure. you know, and it's, it, it, they reflect each other in that. And like, and I always like, one of the things that like, I remember you saying, this was probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, uh, you made this statement basically about, you know, where Jesus is saying, like, if, if you really want to be a part of what I'm doing, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Right. Which is like, you know, most if if some if the Lord came today and said that, dear Lord, right. like yeah, that's the that's the thing we that what I referred to with that is that you know the blood represents the spirit of God, yeah, or that that life giving spirit that He brings, and we all love that as long as you know if as long as I'm in ministry mode or the spirit is flowing through me. You know, it's going to, I love that. But as soon as I become me or the Brad or that flesh side, most people don't want that. They'd rather have drink the blood, but reject the flesh. But you got to understand, we were all called to eat the whole lamb. Yeah. And that whole lamb is not just Jesus this way, but it's Jesus this way. So we've got to eat him the blood, which is this way. We got to have him in the spirit, which is this way, but we also got to eat his flesh, which is you know this horizontal thing. And they, you know, they talking about you know being vulnerable and open. Uh, you don't have to be vulnerable and open right away. It's a walk with each other. Yeah. As you as you walk together, then the life itself, the way God has set it up, which is so beautiful. I don't want to explain all that, but the way life is set up for us to walk together, life itself will bring up things in us that we've got to be vulnerable with at an appointed time so that there would be healing. Yeah. But, but the enemy would love us for just, let's just be open now. If we can't be open now, well, you're missing the whole walk that actually brings all of that up. Because if you don't walk together, you can't build a resume of trust for when that point comes to be open. Yeah. You know, it's just like you and I, there's, uh, since we have been together, there's this rapport that's, that's building so that, you, you know, and I, you know, the other day you said it just a while ago, you called, we called and you were open. You said, I just think that you've been mad at me, you know, that whole, yeah. and, and then we just, I, I started laughing, you know, at the whole thing. But when I laughed, there was this breakthrough. I could feel it. There was this breakthrough yeah. like, that's crazy. You know, just call me whenever. But, yeah. And you can't put that in a book. No, you can't. And it's the, what's crazy about that is like, I mean, one, that's like how the enemy will work. But it's like when you build that rapport, like it's got – because, you know, through this time that we've built this rapport – and there, now there's been times where I'm just like, hey, should I do this? And you're like, no, I don't think you should. And I'm no. like – and people go – and here – now, some <laughs> some listening may have an issue with this and well, you can see how much I care. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm taking on different characteristics already. <laughs> but uh, – and when, so I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And someone would go, why? And I'd be like, well, the Lord told me no, that I shouldn't. Yeah, that's a whole different one. And, but it's when you come to that place of trust and, you know, and, you know, I think, but, you know, you're also going to have times and moments where it's, you may have difference of opinions on things and, but that's part of relationship. Exactly. And, and I think like, you know, part of like having this is understanding is like when you have a father in your life and their true heart is for like your betterment and for you like they want you to flourish yeah and, and but it sometimes it's it, it I, like that fear that comes up is because we're not familiar with that you know it's kind of like you know 
having a little bit of like you've done some life coaching, I've done some life coaching, and I'm like honestly, like when people go, "What's life coaching?" I'm like, it's a friend you pay for that actually doesn't have any personal gain if you fail or succeed, right? You know, because it's you. You know, like the one thing they tell you in life coaching, you more than that person more than likely already knows what they're supposed to be doing, right? They just need that empowerment to do it, and. But having a father, having that trust in there is – it causes us to grow and it produces relationship. Relationship is incredibly important and that's something – I mean I've, you know, I've gotten to be a part of uh, you know, two different retreats now in, you know, in the last – in a year. Most people have to be around for two years to be in one to be in two different retreats. I've only I've been around two of them in one year, and uh, it's uh, like seeing how many people of like that you know you personally are in relationship with all the time, and or it's like it makes me realize like clearly, clearly this is like people value this. And like, and you value those relationships, like, because half those, like, you know, some of us are in that when we're all together, that's when we really, that's when we end up talking to each other, because a lot of us are out of sight, out of mind. And then, like, but you have this personal connection with all, like, you know, this last time, what we had like thirty something people, yeah, and it's like. I can't manage 30 relationships as an, you know, and I'm like, you know, and it's a, uh, but there's something about coming together and actually like making it a priority. Yeah. And, um, uh, and there's, there's another comment now I want to, uh, step into, but having an important, just saying like, I'm going to put the priority of relationship, especially like, I mean, we can get into all the speculation, and I know neither you or I want to, but one of the things that are clearly being attacked right now is relationship, is community, is coming together. Totally. I mean, to the point they wrote a country song about it. And so, and, and if you, and it, yeah, I, Luke Combs, I, I'll send it to you. I That's thought it. I sent you the Luke Combs song, but... Basically, oh, yeah, yeah. And if we play it backwards, we might get no, um, but and so I it's important to come together. And I know, like, you know, we've talked about this of like, you know, one day having like a lodge or something like that where people can come together. And sure. but in the meanwhile, we've uh, we have you set up different things and I, which I think this has an incredible story to it. Um, you know, just the way it all panned out, which is the, the thing that we have going on in August, uh, the roots coming back to our roots, uh, men's gathering. And, you know, just like, and now if I remember correctly, you, and I may have the details messed up on this, but this all kind of came about on a hunting trip. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I was on, I was going deer hunting, and uh, the Lord spoke to me in the plane. He said, I want you to start having men's conferences uh, uh, on relationship. And uh, he said, because you're gonna, it's going to be a dire need in these coming days, because that's to be the very thing that's going to be hit you know, by the enemy. Now, when I heard that, you got to understand, I, I, I'm still human. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. And I didn't want to do another conference, you know, and so... <laughs> I just kind of put it on the shelf. Well, long story short, I went to this hunting place and there was a guy there, an older gentleman there that was from a denominational church. And he started asking me questions just like a little kid. And the Lord started answering him on the revelation of Jesus. And long story short, he said that he felt like he was being reborn again, you know, And uh, he said, why don't you teach this stuff? And I said, well, I do. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I said, matter of fact, I'm thinking about having, you know, a time where we can have a men's uh, gathering and really start uh, telling everybody about the relationship of Jesus and the relationship with each other. And the next day, you know, I get a phone call from a guy that owns a uh, small conference center in Houston. And this man had called him. 
and said, hey, we need to do a men's conference for Brad McClendon. You know, and this guy says, okay, you know, and calls me and says, we basically can have that conference center. Of course, I about pooped in my pants because now it's like the Lord was going, okay, well, there you have it. But I will but Here's go, your sign. And there's your <laughs> sign. And so I, I will go back to something, though, is as I was hunting, sounds stupid simple, but as I was hunting with this man, I wasn't telling him spiritual things. We were literally just becoming friends. And as we were becoming friends, I noticed he would open up and ask me a question that he wouldn't normally ask at his church or anybody else because there wasn't relationship there. Yeah. It was just, it's a strange kind of a thing, you know, he, as they, we were building relationship, he just knew that he could ask me a question. And that's the same thing with the Lord. The closer you get in relationship with the Lord, the more he will start giving you those secrets. Yeah. You know, and the more he, these questions that the Holy Spirit will bring up in your own heart about the Lord. I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I went out, and you've heard me say this, I went out to go mow the yard, you know, back when I was living in Myrtle Beach. And, and, because of my relationship with the Lord, I walked out with my lawnmower and the first thought came to me and I just said, how are you doing, Lord? Hmm. I really wanted to know if he was okay. How, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? Yeah. I didn't want anything from him. I wanted something to give to him. I was concerned about his life and about when I my, that mindset toward him where I was concerned when I said that to him he about knocked me on the ground with the biggest glory ball of hug and and I just I just bent down I honestly did I just bent down my waist and put my hands on my knees and I just started weeping and it was like he was hugging me and I said what's I asked him I said what's wrong <laughs> said, What's wrong? And uh, he said, nothing's wrong, son. He said, nobody's ever asked me how I was doing. Wow. You know, and that that that's what we're missing is not just that with the father here. But what about us? Yeah. You know, well, what about ha being so close to one another that we're we're it gets our mind off ourselves and on the other person and, and concerned about our brother or bro concerned about our sister. Yeah. You know, I believe that's kind of the, what, what the fathers do. They bring that back. They bring that back to where you're no longer thinking about yourself because you're so in love with one another and God that your consciousness now is on your brothers and your sisters. And it sounds a little bit more like the Lord. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I was having a, I was having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours the other day, you know, and it's, you know, there's because church has kind of gone the avenue of organization instead of organism. It's, you know, it's more of like a business type driven thing. And I'm not knocking the business business or semantics of functional ministry obviously i understand those but it's sometimes you just have you have people that are they would be a really good ceo of a company sure. and because they see how people are instruments to build the vision but right. they doesn't necessarily make them fathers right and i think a lot of times we you know we, as we're out there and a and about in this life, we experience that kind of utilitarian mindset where you know people are instruments versus you know it's seeing people as people. They're not a number. They're not an object. You know, they're not a screwdriver. They're it's a person. Right. And it's, you know, and, you know, and I've been fortunate to have several different 
fathers in my life to go, I'm not like, you know, one of the, one of the, you know, you said like, you know, what you got from Bob wasn't necessarily like anything, everything that he always spoke. And I always remember like, I can't tell you a single sermon like one of my first spiritual fathers ever spoke on. Yeah. Unless like he was making fun of me in it. And, uh, which there's a few of those, but I can tell you about the conversations we had when we went out to lunch. Yeah. Or when we drove around in his car or, you know, we, we, or I hung out with his family. I can tell you about those. I remember those very well, but the sermons per se, not so much. Yeah. But and I think there's something about just learning to have real relationship. You know, totally. I'm never going to forget, you know, the first time going to their house. Yeah. Or, you know, having that real personal relationship with them. And I think that's something that, you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about is basically that's what we we got to pursue after. And yeah. and yeah. it's and it's also on, on both sides of the fence oh, of totally. having not just pursuing the relationship, but having the mercy and the grace to go. Some people just don't know any other. They don't know anything outside of that system. Yeah. And then on the other side, this is what they've experienced. Yeah. You know, and like even. You know, and I and I have no issues using my own life as an example, but like even when I first came to Shreveport, I was like, you know, where everybody was kind of like, let's do this, let's do this, you know, and I'm like, guys, you know, and I even told you, I was like, I'm a little gun shy right now. And not everybody understood that. And it was because I was in a place of where I really like, you know, I wasn't like trying to embark on new relationships right away. Right. But now it's like, let's all, you know, I'm like, you know, I, I love it because I'm a relational person. Like, you know, man, shun, it's not good for man to be alone is more than just marriage. Oh, totally. And, I, you know, sometimes we, we limit what the expression of God because we like limit like what we think, what he's, what we think he's, you know, saying. And, uh, well, you, you look know. at, you look at how he built the kingdom. You look how he built the earth. You look how he built us, you know, created us. It wasn't, yeah. he didn't do it himself. No, you know, us. It, yeah, he, he, he did it out of relationship. And if we're really going to build something that's going to last, it's going to have to be through the power of relationship with God and one, with one another. Yeah. And uh, th- that, that has not been seen for a long time. Now, I will tell you, years ago, you know, I grew up during the Jesus movement and the what they would call the discipleship movement. And that was when it started off as one of the greatest movements of mm. love that I've ever seen in a long time. I still haven't seen that yet. But And there were real shepherds or fathers that came along and really tried to started fathering people. And you had all these little camps, uh, little house churches everywhere across the United States. But then the enemy got in and tainted the fathers, you know, mm-hmm. and and it got into a control thing. Of course, he's going to do that. The enemy's going to do that because what's coming down the road, which we're we're about to enter into, is that thing again in purity. You know, yeah. we're about to come into that. Like that, I was just talking to a really close friend of mine, uh, and he's I, I consider him a general uh, uh, this morning for about an hour on the phone. And uh, he's dealing with a, some major uh, problems with health-wise. But one of the things did come up uh, was this father's, you know, thing. And uh, he he was totally in agreement with what, what I was just saying uh, just a moment ago, is that the fathers are needed on this earth not to make the not to correct this generation, but to help further this generation. Yeah, you know. And that, that's a whole different spirit. It's a whole different spirit. Even the Lord even told me when uh, this COVID-19 came out, he said, this is one of the signs that the enemy is going to try to take out the fathers and mothers. And of course, we all know that it, it ended up, you know, hits the elderly worse than anybody. 
And he said, look, after, after this COVID starts to fade, you'll see something rise up that will try to even further it to make it go even further, which is a greater virus. And he started showing me what's happening now. And all of this is actually trying to divide us in the spirit from the Lord first so that it can divide us here. And I'm telling you, the enemy, he's, he's, he's kind of stupid. Actually, this is going to cause people to be desperate to look for those that really carry the love of the father, the love of the mother. And, and you're going to see, I'm telling you, and I've said this, I said this years ago, but you're going to see people moving physically just to be with that person. It's going mm. to happen. If it, if it happened in the Bible, if people literally left their place to go be with a carpenter, they didn't know he was the son of God. You know, they yeah. just said, you got to go get, you know, you just go hang out, go with Jesus, you know, and people would leave their physical places to be with, you know, the Lord. That very thing is going to happen again here on the earth uh, with a group of people. And they're going to start recognizing the Lord, not what they're saying, but what they're carrying, right. you know, in their, in their heart. And that's the way I was with, you know, with Bob. I could care less what he says. I just wanted to be around that atmosphere that he had. And that, that was the Papa's love that he had. Yeah. And you look at, you look at one more thing. I, I'll cut you off. One more thing. <laughs> is, if you look at Paul, which you, you heard me read this. Uh, somebody, people have asked me, you know, what does a father look like? Well, he looks, you know, he carries the attributes of Jesus. And if you look at what Jesus did for us, he was willing to be a curse basically so that we could be a blessing. Yeah. Wow. You know, he was, he was willing to give up his time, not only on earth, we got to realize he was giving up his time even in heaven. Mm. You know, he gave up his time that he could have had in heaven to come and be and put himself in a body suit, you know, and then walk around and have to overcome that thing, you know, for our sake and then take his time to be with people. And then he took his time to be a, a, take on the curse and become sin, you know, and then take your spot and then look at you and say, okay, you're holy. You can take my throne. You can take my spot that I had. I'll stay here while you actually rule and reign. Yeah. That was his that was his brain. That was the way he had it. I'll give you what I have and I'll take what you have. And when he did that, the Lord was like, This guy right here is going to rule my universe. Yeah. Which is my son. You know, and that's the kind of that's the kind of trust that you can build with the Father even in heaven, once you start letting go of your stuff and you start having a love for others more than yourself, that's when the father can trust you with true authority. And you look at, you look at Paul, Paul was one of those fathers and I'm going to read it. He, it says in Romans nine, now get this, this is, this is unbelievable that he would actually do this, but it says, for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ, from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen. These are people that don't even know, according to the flesh, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whom, of whom the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all eternally blessed God. Amen. He's actually saying, he's looking at people that are lost, his own people, and he's saying, man, God, if I could just, could I just take that spot that they're in? Could I carry what they're carrying, that hardness of heart and being a curse, and just take that spot so that they could be saved? But he's actually meaning this. Yeah. I mean, he's really meaning it. I mean, can you imagine us being like that with one another? Yeah. It's, it's, what is the adage of a burden shared is divided, a joy shared is multiplied. Totally. 
you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's interesting is like, well, I'll carry this for them. Why? Because they may not recover, but I will. Yeah. And being able to, to help carry someone's cross for them at that time. I'll give you an example, and, I, and that's, I'm not tooting my horn because I've had to go through uh, more horn bending than anything. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Country I, sayings I wish I understood. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, we had, we're, we're kind of, I hate to say it, but we're kind of in the restoration kind of ministry side as well. I would much rather see people flourish, honestly. That's my right. heart. I want to see them move on. And I'm that kind of guy. I'm just, I'm just, that's who God has made me to be. But, uh, you know, we, a few years ago, we had someone that slipped into a major fall, mm. you know? And so they, they called upon us and, and asked if we could help them. And I knew taking on this person, I was going to get a lot of hits from the other side because I was taking them in. Yeah. And as I take, as you, as a father, as you're taking them in, you don't voice what you're getting hit from, from the outside. You take those curses as you love that person. Yeah. Now, can you imagine what God takes while you're growing in the Lord? Can you imagine what he's taking so that you could walk in holiness, so that you can walk in power? And I, I, I've looked at this not only spiritually because of I've looked at this spiritually because of the things I've walked through physically, and God has shown me the glory and the power that He's able to carry and take on the things of the enemy, so that we could walk on the path of life. Yeah, you know, and it as and there was this moment. I'm just going to get this one place. There was this moment where we were walking this person through. And man, they fell again. You know, they went through another. And and most of us, if I mentioned what they did, most of us would say, you know, well, cut that person off. That's it. Now, if the Lord told me to cut him off, it would be because to get him back saved. Yeah. That's a that's a different type of love. But the Lord didn't say that. Here's what the Lord made me do. After this person basically anybody would have just told this person to go somewhere, you know, and they come up to me, they got that look on their face and I already knew that they had done it because I'm prophetic. I hate to say it, but I knew that they'd done it. And they, because, knew, well, you know, I know and, stuff <laughs> and they, and they knew, they knew that I knew. So they came to me and walked up to me and goes, listen, I've got to tell you something. I did blah, 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 blah. And I looked at him, I go, so let's keep going. When I said that, the power of love that covers a multitude of sin smoked this person. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me like, aren't you going to beat, aren't you, you know, Aren't you going to condemn, aren't you going to do, aren't you going to, they were looking for me to reject them, basically. And when I said, so let's go, they looked at me shocked. And when they looked at me shocked, I don't know what they saw, but then they started just bawling. And here's the first thing they said, why are you, why do you keep loving? Yeah, I I mean, I can, there's even in, in the short time of our relationship, there's already been situations where things have come up and I'm like, Hey, like I got, you know, there's these things that are being said. And, uh, and I, I, your response in that moment just completely, well, is it true? All right. Well, let's, you know, and it wasn't, and so let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> and I'm like, is it that easy? <laughs> and and so there was a part of it where I just had to move on because you were like, let's move on. That's it. And even and then like, but the uh, on the back side of it, and if it was true, we got you. 
<laughs> and I think that is that right there is what most people don't understand about real relationship. Yeah. When when you're up that creek or it hits the fan, not having somebody with you and but, but having someone with you it's scary because of the level of vulnerability. That's this. But yeah. boy, is that freeing. Totally. Is that freeing? Because I remember Jesse Duplana saying this once, and then we'll kind of conclude this, because I feel like you and I could probably go on this forever now. Right. Is like embarrassing it before it embarrasses you. Exactly. You know, and it's whatever it may be. And... And that and if I could say anything to people that are watching right now, this love and this acceptance and this embrace that Brad and I are talking about isn't available to just a select few. It's available to everybody. That's it's literally what it's what it's what the Lord manifested in the earth came to do. And you look at every person. Outside of the Pharisees and Sadducees, those were the only people Jesus was really harsh on. Everyone else, he was like, well, let's move on. Yeah. Let's keep going. And so I just want to say that that's available to you. Now, let's jump back to August real quick. <laughs> so August, we have this men's gathering and um, let's... I just want to say this. If you're interested, it's a free it's a free event. What was really awesome is like uh, Brad and the other guy, uh, David, were talking about what to call it. And they ended up going like uh, coming back to our roots or getting back to our, some country name. I don't know. And yeah, David, uh, David asked me, what do you want to call it? I said, getting back to our roots. Exactly. Some country name. And uh, lo and behold, we get the address to the place and it's Root Road. Yeah, and so if you're if you're watching right now or you watch the replay, it's a men's conference. So understand that. Um, so it's for men. But if you're watching and you're interested in attending, just type the word roots. That's all you have to do is type the word roots. You're going to get a message immediately, and it's going to have a link uh, to register. There's a just under just over a hundred spots remaining. I think like 120-ish, 100 spots, but it's completely free. Um, and there, there's you just just get there, find somewhere to stay, and I'm sure even if you if you get there and you're having trouble finding somewhere to stay, we can probably figure something out. Didn't you put uh, the hotels on there too, under description? I think I just put hotels.com and just put the address of where you could stay. Okay. okay. As far as, I just put the, the vicinity. Because there's, there's hotels all the way around, like within five miles, that are actually really decently priced. And so it's going to be August 13th through the 15th, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's going to be in Houston, the Houston area. Uh, so you could fly into Houston. And if you're in a major city, I just checked flights the other day because there's someone I want to come. And I'm like, I'll just pay for your flight. Yeah. And from Atlanta to Houston was 100 bucks round trip. Oh, wow. So like it's I'm like it's totally worth it. Um, so um, just type the word roots, and or you're like my husband needs to go to this. Just type the word roots, and it'll give you the. And I say that because we my had, husband really needs this. Well, we had we we had a we had a woman register. Remember me telling? I was like I I need to contact her and tell her that it's a men's conference. And then I found out she was registering for her husband. Right. <laughs> And so, you know, her husband's coming to that. And so, but uh, Brad's going to be one of the speakers. We're going to have uh, David Bendett's going to be one of the other speakers. It's going to be awesome. Um, and just being around that environment with other guys that are just longing for a relationship. I'm telling you, right, you, you would think that you're going to have a bunch of guys come around and it's going to be like, you know, faux masculinity. And it's not. It's it's true masculinity. It's true fellowship, and it's actual like the Lord shows up in such a way. I mean, 
It's remarkable. Raw. The raw. healing. It's raw. <laughs> raw is the best way to explain it. It's real. It's raw. It's what I imagine like Jesus sitting with the disciples was like. <laughs> a mess. But a mess. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, if you've ever read the book, Messy Spirituality, that's that's what it is. And if you haven't read that book, I definitely suggest reading it. Man, uh, that book will make you grow a horn. <laughs> You'll manifest something out of that book. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love that thing. And so, but if you're interested, just type the word roots and it's, or, and you'll get a message to it and with the link to register and everything. But Brad, is there anything else that you would want to say before we close? I would just, honestly, I, I would do like the, the days of old, you know, uh, as they, they were desperate to look for the Lord to find their papa. Mm-hmm. They didn't realize what they were doing, but they they would do any, they'd run around the sea, you know, to find him on the other side. I if I was to tell anybody anything right now is really find your papa. Find your find the one that loves you. Mm-hmm. No and some of us know that, you know, some of us know the ones that, you know, that love us and maybe you've been distracted by a lot of knowledge, a lot of voices. Uh, get back to those people. Get back to those people that God has really put in your life that loves you. And those that don't have a father or mother, I would do, uh, the only thing I can tell you is is pray that the father would send you a father or mother. And when they do, I'm going to tell you, it will sort of offend your mind and you'll probably have to desperately, you know, leave what you're doing to actually be with them. There's always a death to enter into those places that God, you know, invites you into. But uh, pray that you get the revelation of the Father, but also be able to recognize him when he shows up in a man suit. Yeah, no, that's, that's good, because sometimes they didn't recognize the Lord when, when he was with them. No, you're right. So, well, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining. People are laughing about the Gorilla the Horn comment. Um, again, if you're interested in the conference, just type uh, Roots into the uh, chat and you'll get a message right away. But thank you guys so much, and you guys have a great day. Bless you. Bye-bye.